Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Do you ever say to yourself, why do I keep doing that? Are you more scattered and chaotic or calm and grounded? And if you could train your brain to be sharper and stronger, would you do it? Brian Johnson is here and we're going to discuss the basics of meditation, what it is, what it's not, why it matters, and how you can start feeling the benefits today. Welcome to The New Man. Today, we're talking with Brian Johnson. He's back. You know him, the the the, the resident philosopher here, uh, creator of Philosopher's Notes, as well as the Entheos Academy. Welcome back, buddy. Thanks, Trip. Always fun to chat and uh, looking forward. Yeah, so we're talking about the big one. We're talking about meditation today, and it's come up so much. I, I, I think if you go through like the first hundred episodes of The New Man, and when I would ask somebody, hey, what's one thing a guy could do today? I, I think it's the top answer is like, oh, just start meditating. But I, we haven't actually done a conversation just focused on meditation. And you're a meditator, I meditate. Um, and when I'm, I'm I want to talk to that guy that's out there, it's like, well, what the hell is meditation? Why should I give a shit? I mean, I don't, it's just navel gazing or whatever. So I wanted to like crush any bullshit that might be out there, but also really clarify what it is we're talking about when we say meditation, because it's so many things in so many different people's minds. So, um, that's, that's the aim for today. Does that sound good? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So I, in, from your perspective and, and your own experience, I mean, why why should a guy out there care about meditation? What's in it for him? Yeah. Well, my, my first point on that is you got to assume that the guy cares about life. If you care about optimizing <laughs> life, you know what I mean? I mean, a lot of people, they just don't care that much. I'll go through and I'll, whatever, I'll watch three hours of TV and I'll keep on eating the food I know doesn't serve me. And, you know, I'll keep on doing the little things or the big things that we know aren't part of our optimal life. And so I think that's the first real question we got to be honest about. How committed are you to actually living a life beyond, um, you know, our comfort zone and, and uh, some of the habits that don't serve us? So to me, that's the starting point, because if you're, if you're committed to optimizing your life and being a better presence 
in the people you know who are in your lives from your spouse or your kids or your colleagues or whatever and just being a better human being then you got to take meditation seriously so but that's the starting point do you care about life enough to do the things that help you and if you do then you're going to do things like exercise if you aren't exercising, then you, frankly, I'm not sure you're ready for meditation. You know, like get your exercise on consistently. If you aren't eating pretty well and eliminating the stuff that just doesn't serve you, well, get on that. And then for me, meditation is in that top three. It just helps us get our physiology right so that we can then get our minds right and all the other things that go with it. So that's kind of the high level. And then specifically meditation, you get your mind right. I mean, the reality is, is that we're an idiot. Uh, whenever we're an idiot, it's pretty much because we don't have control of where our minds are. We can't stop. We can't step in between that stimulus of an irritant and the response of us being a bit of a douche, right? We can't, we, we need to be able to step in between that gap and meditation helps us do that. It's the number one way to do that, to strengthen the muscles in your mind so you can actually put your attention where you want, when you want. That's why I meditate. And that's what all these great teachers across the last thousands of years, literally, have pointed to. That's a huge point. So what I'm hearing you say is that something happens, right? Our girlfriend, our wife says something or the guy in front of us cuts us off or whatever, right? There's, there's some yep. stimulus or something that triggers. And then... We have a response. And a lot of times we don't even recognize that there's a gap in between. Like we just either fly off the handle or we repeat the stupid pattern or whatever it is. But meditation, at least at this very simple level, at the most basic level, there's tons of different types of meditations, but it helps us slow time down. It's like the matrix when, you know, Neo's like watching the bullets go by and everything, but it's training the mind to say, wait a second, what response do I want to make? And in other words, what, what, what responsibility do I want to take in this moment? This, this thing's happened. Now, what do I want to do about it? And if we don't care and we are checked out, then we miss that opportunity. And usually we say something stupid. <laughs> we repeat the pattern yep. that keeps us stuck. So meditation yep. is that thing that slows us down and allows us to make a different choice. Is that right? Absolutely. And beautifully said. And we can look at it as metaphorically speaking, let's go to the gym. If, if someone cuts you off on the freeway, and you can't control yourself to not respond in a negative way, whether it's yelling or even just getting upset at all. It's the equivalent of going to the gym and not being able to curl five pounds. It, it, literally, like you just have not developed the strength, the capacity of that part of your being, in this case, your mind, to, to slow down enough and actually choose a better response. And the reality is that... Um, you know, maybe we can't, maybe we can't bench more than whatever it is, whatever the right uh, amount of weight is, you'd be embarrassed not to lift. It's the equivalent. And the reality is if you want to build that strength, uh, it's the same exact thing you need to do to build the capacity in your life with uh, choosing a different response. You got to show up, you got to train. It's not a occasional once a week or once a month thing. You got to show up diligently, patiently, persistently, and little by little over time, you're going to get stronger where you didn't used to be able to lift that weight, but now you can do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Same thing with meditation. When we show up consistently, we find that we're building strength in the exact same way that we do in the gym. Only this translates into not only a better workout, actually, we'll actually work out better in every other aspect of our lives will improve. So this is big. Yeah. Well, it's big because when I talk to, to people and like, 
I'm like, well, have you, have you tried meditation? And they're like, yeah, I tried it, but I, I couldn't stop empty, emptying my, you know, my, I still had thoughts and I, and I still like, or they just have this thing of like, and it's like, okay, I went to the gym, but I, I couldn't bench press 200 pounds. It's like, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you have to, it's a <laughs> practice. Yeah. And you have to work up to it, but let's talk about what meditation is not. I just kind of, uh, kind of yeah. went over a couple, but in, in, from your perspective, what, what, are, what is meditation not? Well, I love, I love that line. And you said it's so great. And I remember when we talked about this a couple of years ago on a hike out here in California where, you know, that idea, there's this idea that we're going to sit down and when we really get it, boom, bang, our, we turn the lights off. Our mind is silent. We're just, we start levitating about six inches off the ground and it's just <laughs> amazing, right? And the reality is it has nothing to do with that. Your mind will always produce thoughts. The question is, are you going to be able to actually see those thoughts? Uh, the teachers would call it, can you witness them? Can you watch those thoughts? And kind of see it as a waterfall of, okay, there go the thoughts, there go the thoughts. And you can see the waterfall rather than being pounded by it. Because the reality is we're constantly just, again, stimulus response. We don't even realize there's a choice point choose to step into that gap and choose a new response. So meditation is, is not about quiet, not about um, stopping all thoughts. It's about being able to observe when thoughts arise and then bring our minds back to, and we can talk about the specific details, the very, very basic things that all meditation practices have in common. And the number one thing is an anchor point. You want to train your mind to focus, develop one-pointedness and one-pointed attention on a particular anchor. That can be your breath. It can be a mantra. It can be a prayer. It can be a number of different things. But the idea is you have an anchor. Thoughts come in inevitably, and we bring our minds back to that anchor point again and again and again. It's the exact same thing of, um, you know, developing a little more capacity to lift a little bit more weight. Um, but again, we can get into getting ahead of myself. We can get into those details in a second. I, I, this is really powerful because, you know, when I, when I hear the guy say, I couldn't, I can't stop thinking. I just keep thinking. It's like, well, yeah, the brain is an organ that creates thoughts like the heart you know, beats and there's just, it's rather involuntary. It's really hard to stop thinking. So that's not the point. And you've underlined that perfectly. So what is the point is to develop focus is to develop that ability to train the mind to like, okay, these thoughts are happening. These patterns are arising or whatever. Now I see that I can actually have awareness of what's going on versus being hijacked by it. I, I, I'm not just a fish in the tank. I can start to recognize, wait a second, I'm swimming in something. There's, there's mm-hmm. an ability to kind of zoom out and see ourselves amidst all the kind of crap and chaos that's happening between our ears. Absolutely. And it becomes fun. The other thing with meditation that a lot of people think is that it's, it's not for me, you know, it's for, it's for, I jokingly say levitating monks in the Himalayas, you know, like, okay, right. It's just not, for me, someone who wants to be fully engaged in life and, and really feel like I'm, I'm part of the world. And that's just all about kind of checking out. And for me, it's the exact opposite. If you want to most fully show up in the world, you need to develop the strength of consciousness so you can actually be yourself, not your reactive self, but your authentic self. And then meditation becomes a game where, okay, cool, when you sit, can you, whatever uh, mode you choose to do, can you bring your attention to that and get a little bit better each time and then accept, you know, your mind going off and bringing it back, mind going off, bringing it back, knowing that as you do it over the long run, your life will transform. This has absolutely been the number one thing that I've done in my life 
I've done, as you know, and as we've both done, so many different things. But this is the number one thing. I haven't missed a day. In August, uh, it'll be four years. So, uh, you know, that's every single day showing up and sitting and doing the meditation. It becomes fun. I mean, I wouldn't miss, you couldn't pay me to miss a day now. And I know that each of those little drops of water that I'm putting in day in and day out is transforming me very subtly, but over the long run, allowing me to develop the capacity to choose where I want to put my mind um, when I want to put it there. Okay. So we just keep coming back to this is not some woo-woo, new age, navel-gazing, I'm checking out, I'm actually not participating in life. That's that's putting that aside. And this is this is kind of, the way you describe it, it's got the, more of this kind of like strength training for the mind, focus training for the mind. Um, you just you just talked about, being, you know, four years. It's amazing. Um, how did you get in? What was life like before meditation? How did you get into it? What's your story with it? Yes, it's the same thing. You know, we've all heard how important, or most of us have heard at this point, how important meditation is and all the interviews and all these different things we study and people we talk to, et cetera. And so I've been kind of sort of into it. And then um, we did a meditation retreat, and that was awesome. Got super inspired for 10 days, came back, was all about it, and 10 days later, wasn't really doing it. And I don't even know what clicked, but at some point... I got to the point where it was just clear, I'm not going to miss a day again, period. I'm going to meditate every single day, and I'm going to see what this can do for me. And it was was 100% commitment that you and I have talked about a number of times in these conversations. 100% commitment is way easier than 99%. It wasn't, uh, I'll do it when I feel like it. It was, I'm doing it, period. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to show up day in and day out. It was hard. For the first two, three, four, five, six weeks, it was very hard. I had... You know, that little voice in our head is always there and it's going to come up and it's going to negotiate with us. And when we're tired, it's going to kind of get its foot in the door and then it's going to convince us, yeah, today's the day you should take a day off. And bam, you've lost. It's amazing how many times I've seen habits I've tried to create um, get thwarted when I do that. Anyway, this time around, my now wife, she was my, uh, I'm not sure if we were engaged at that point or not, but my now wife, Alexander, and I said, we're going to do this every single day. And neither one of us has missed a day in those four years. And then it got easier over, you know, two to three months. And then it got to a point where it's like, no way are we going to miss a day. Mm. And, uh, you know, now it's, it's, we want to go the rest of our lives. And, um, so again, there's kind of that, that fun aspect of it for us. Those are some of the things, and I've studied a bunch of different things that we can talk about to the extent that's useful. Um, but ultimately what's most important, whatever you do, if it's just sitting down and counting breaths or whatever it is you choose to do, do it every single day. And, uh, that has just an extraordinarily powerful transformative energy to it. And again, all the great teachers say that as well, uh, with habits in general and specifically with meditation. It's, I, I look at it as like brushing my teeth. Uh, I, I don't miss days of brushing my teeth. And if I do, I know there's like a sense feeling on my teeth. Well, now there's this, there would be a sense feeling in my mind and my consciousness if I'm missing something that's important to me. Um, and I'll just take a really quick tangent on that too. Another one of the teachers says, when you think about how you're doing it, don't judge your meditation. Approach it like brushing your teeth. 
No one, no one is like brushing their teeth saying, wait, wait, okay, wait, did I get that tooth just right? Let me make sure. Oh, wait, how is that? They just brush their teeth. <laughs> we just brush our teeth. It's not a big deal. When a doctor gives you a pill you need to take, you don't like sit there and, and make sure you put it on your tongue in the precise place. You take the pill. And this guy says, approach meditation the same way. Just do it. Just sit down and do it. And over time, you're going to get the results. And the reality is, is that the meditations that you think are the worst are actually the best. If your mind is popcorn and you just cannot get it to slow down at all, you did a little bit to help. You did a little bit of cleaning. And you did, you're a lot better off than you would have been had you not taken those uh, 12, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is that you do, um, to actually let those thoughts kind of bubble up and witness them and kind of let them go. So I said a lot there. So I'll let you see uh, how we want to unpack that. But Well, I like, I like that last part too of just, um, y- you know, there's, there's this, you know, kind of yin yang here of, you know, what you talk about with this consistency and being tenacious with that, but then also relaxed that the practice itself is very relaxed. The expectations of the practice mm. are relaxed. And I think that's where guys get hung up if they're starting a practice that I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it good enough. I'm, you know, screw it. I'm out of here. And it's just, no, 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 no. Just show up. And then whatever (laughs) happens, happens because there's days, you know, even though I've been meditating over 10 years now, you know, there'll be days in a 30 minute period. I can only remember actually, you know, focusing on three breaths. My brain was just gone. It was ape shit. It was just like, wow, what is, there was just a storm that day. So it's, it's, you know, it's not about the performance aspect of it. It's just merely, Hey, you're doing it. You're showing up and you're, and you're doing it and you're keeping it going. But I, I, I let's talk yeah. about what actually happens to the brain. There's, there's, I know there's more studies that are going on. And so what, what's actually happening to the brain when someone is just doing like a focus meditation, what's happening? Yep. Yeah. Great question. And there's so much going on within the brain and within our overall um, being. So, um, you know, I think we've talked about the idea and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the most listeners are familiar with the idea of neuroplasticity, the idea that your brain um, is plastic, meaning you can reshape it. And literally every thought we have, everything that we're doing is, is shaping our brains dynamically. And meditation in the process of slowing down our brain has some significant things. It changes our neural patterns and we basically, that whole stimulus response thing, well, you have grooved patterns that, uh, you know, when certain things happen, certain neurons in your brain fire and then it goes down to other things that normally happen, those fire, those fire, those fire, and it leads to the normal response. When you start changing your behaviors, you literally start turning off some of those hot spots, and you can actually more easily choose different ways of being. And then you groove in new response patterns, and your brain literally changes, um, kind of like digging a groove. Or, or uh, actually, did we ever talk about skiing down the mountain? Yeah, I think we have, but bring it up again. That's a good point. Like there's a, there's, you, you start to create tracks and as you go down the Yeah, yeah. I mean, so just really simply and quickly, the idea is, you know, you go sledding one day and you go up to the top of the hill and you go down, um, and you created, it was a fresh white mountain, you know, not, no one had been on it yet. You go down with your sled and you got a little groove in there. You go up again and you do it again. And this time you wind up kind of getting in that same groove. You keep on doing it. And by the end of the day, you've actually got a groove that your sled is essentially going down this particular path each time you come down. And our lives are exactly the same way. If we consistently do the same things, we're going to consistently do the same things. And if we consistently respond in a certain way, that's just how we are. That's how our brains are, are wired. 
But the cool thing is that we can change all that. And again, meditation is a great way to do that. Um, And we're literally doing that each time we sit down. The other thing that happens that's really important to talk about, another primary reason why I meditate is you're also changing your overall physiology. So a great researcher at Harvard named um, Herbert Benson talks about this, and he talks about the fact that um, you're eliciting what he calls the relaxation response. Most of us spend most of our time in the fight or flight response. We're dealing with life, which tends to be stressful, and we never really shut that off. Well, running our system on that all the time is incredibly wearing on our on our bodies and it's disease promoting and and just drives us down and we want to be able to step out of that fight or flight and elicit what he's called the relaxation response when you do that you're queuing up all of your healthy immune system uh, responses and really rebuilding your body so in addition to strengthening your mind when you sit down and you breathe deeply and you focus on your anchor um, you're listening to relaxation response and he's proven that not only changes your physiology in the moment, and not only does it rewire your brain, but it also changes your underlying genetic expression. So there's another whole new field called epigenetics. Your genes aren't fixed. Every single thing you do is changing your genes' expression, either for the positive or for the negative. And uh, he's done extraordinary research, scientifically proving that in as little as eight weeks of 12 to 15 minutes of daily meditation, you can change an extraordinary number of genes to the more healthful expression, um, and that's just mind-boggling. And all of the positive ramifications that come out of that are significant. That that is big. Uh, you know, on one level, it's not just well, is this really working or not? Now there's now there's data that says no, the brain is changing as an organ. It's changing. Uh, this, this practice actually changes the 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 organ. Just the like doing reps of you know. Know, curls is going to change your arm. Um, and then also just that shift from that kind of more primal brain state of fight or flight, which how often are we really in danger in our lives? But that's where we're making a lot of decisions. So meditation is going to help us to a higher level and a more relaxed state. And then we can govern our lives from that place versus this kind of like, do I need to kill something or fight something off? That's a terrible <laughs> way to create life. So, uh, all right. That's really motivating to me is like, oh, wow, man, just just think of that just gives me a lot more motivation to, to stay at it too. The other thing that meditation does is the number one way to build your willpower. So if you actually want to build your willpower and be able to have the self-master to get the things done you want to get done, again, Stanford scientists tell us meditate. It's extraordinary. I mean, when I, when I got into willpower that we've talked about over the last several months and started reading this research, it's amazing. The number one recommended practice is meditation. Again, if you want to get yourself to do what you need to do, you need to be able to put your mind where you want it, um, when you want it. So I just wanted to highlight that as well. If that's a another um, huge thing that we can build when we do that. Great. I mean, willpower to me is like, yeah, what's that 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 response that, okay, the going's tough. I need to really sack up here and, you know, dig deep. That So what you're saying, when it's time to <laughs> dig deep, meditation is the training that we go through and that gives us a exactly. you know, greater strength there. So, all right, yep. check that one off. Yep. 
Um, Binaural Beats, you got Daily Mojo. There's p- people that use things Holosync, Hemisync. There's what? What is that? What, when you're putting headphones yep. on your head, is it? Am I just listening to some rain? I'm acting like I don't know, but like like I'm listening to yep. rain and bells and shit. Or what's really happening <laughs> in in the brain? <laughs> so yeah, we used Holosync for the first two years, I think, of our meditation, and then we developed something called Blissitations and Daily Mojo. But the basic idea of any of these different products that use binaural beats is helping your brain get into a more meditative state. So there are different states your brain can be in. There's beta, which is what we're in right now. There's alpha, which is more relaxed and mellow. Then there's theta, which is even more relaxed. Then there's delta, which is where you are when you're in deep dreamless sleep. We can go into details on that, but that's the basic idea. What binaural beats do for you is uh, when you're wearing stereo headphones, one sound's put into one ear, one sound's put into the other ear, and the, they're different frequencies. And your brain will entrain to the difference between those frequencies. And um, the technology is created in such a way that you can actually map over and mirror the alpha or theta or delta states. And your brain, magically enough, will entrain to these states. And again, there's it's easy to over-promote this stuff and over-market it, but there's also great research that proves that it, in fact, does do this stuff, um, which helps you drop into a more deep meditative state. And it's something that, that um, I've gotten a lot out of and that, that uh, we really dig and we've integrated into a lot of the stuff that we do. Okay. So on one hand, you know, we can, we can do the training and we can train ourselves to do, to reach these states by focusing or, 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 you know, using a mantra or whatever. But it sounds like with the binaural beats that they assist us, that they actually give our brain something to do. And then that as a result helps us reach those brain states. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it will help accelerate the rewiring process. Now, having said that, there's a big asterisk on this. Uh, the most important variable is you sitting down every single day and doing the practice. And, you know, there's no magic pill of, of if I do this once a week, if I do this a couple of times a week, I'm going to have these extraordinary benefits. And I may be able to experience a deeper, more peaceful meditative experience in that particular session, but you won't change unless you do the practice every day over months and years and, uh, and more. So, okay. so it's, it's not, a really cool compliment, but not a substitute. Okay. It's not a hack. And you know, people are like, well, I don't really want to do this thing every day. Can I just find a, a, a hack or a shortcut? This is something to augment something you add to your daily practice if you want. Yeah. yeah okay. It's a nice supplement, you know, but the, again, food is more important than supplements. The most important aspect here in meditation is sit down, do your work, do your practice. Got it. Got it. And let's talk about affirmations because, you know, the secret was out a few years ago and that was pretty woo woo. And there were lots of things about affirmations there. Does that stuff work? What, what's going on there with affirmations? Are they helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Whole, whole long conversation there. Um, secret, et cetera. But affirmations wise, uh, affirmations are huge. Uh, mantras are huge. They've been around for thousands of years. Mantra literally means, it's a Sanskrit word that means tools of the mind. So if you want to reshape your mind, you meditate and you're able to use that as one tool. But then throughout your day, you choose how you want to respond to a given situation. That meditation is is basically an all day long thing. But then you can also have mantras either during your meditation or outside of it. And these affirmations or mantras are literally like taking a screwdriver to your mind and kind of rewiring and and kind of doing what you want to do with it. So I'm a huge fan of mantras. The caveat, the caveat is they don't replace 
uh, life, and they don't replace actually choosing new responses. A lot of people can kind of fly away into the, if I just repeat this mantra enough and do this affirmation enough, I'm somehow magically going to become a healthier and happier human being. Well, it will help. But there's so much other work that needs to get done, cognitive behaviorally, of really developing true optimism and interpreting situations differently, taking consistent positive behavior, um, and all the other hard work things need to get done um, to make this happen. So I view it as like one tool in the toolbox that uh, can complement the other ones in there. Yeah, it seems like they're helpful for us to kind of ground and like find a direction, north, south, east, west, which way we want to go. Oh, I'm moving in this direction. This is what I, I want to create in my life. So this is the statement that I use. But it's not like, I like how you said, it's not a replacement for the reality. Then there's the reality of like, okay, this, this thing's arising now. What am I going to do? How am I going to respond to what's yeah, happening? Yeah. We don't bullshit ourselves and say, well, no, the mantra says this or the, the affirmation yeah, exactly. says this. Okay. Well, then it's going to do the exact opposite. Then it's actually going to keep you stuck in the patterns. You're going to deny reality, which is never a wise idea, Um, you know, versus having the true center and perspective to realize, wow, this sucks. And what have I done to help create this? And what am I going to do to, uh, to create a different reality for me in the future? And again, it's, it's uh, exactly what you said. Nice way to support the process, but let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Don't get lost in it and don't let it, don't let it become a tool to bullshit yourself. So, um, let's talk meditation retreats. We've both done them. Uh, I've done the, the Goenka stuff. I've done Zen, um, in your, you know, I don't know what you've done per se. I think you've done the Goenka as well, but uh, you know, is it, I imagine the guy's like, well, I have to go and learn. It's got to be this huge, long process before I can start uh, meditating. I have to go on a big retreat. In your opinion, I mean, how do retreats play into starting a practice or keeping it up? Yeah, I've only done one. I think you've done way more. You've done way more than that um, and a lot more than I have. So I'm not a big I'm not a big retreat guy, a workshop guy in general. Um, and the one retreat I went to, I did Gwank, uh, 10 day silent meditation was extraordinary. It was really transformative. I learned a lot, um, about myself and about the practice. And if you're feeling it, it's a great thing to do. Um, and for me, I came back from that all buzzing and boom, you know, like I said, a week or two later, it was almost as if I hadn't gone in terms of my actual practice. So I haven't been to one since. Actually, I went to one. I wasn't feeling 100%. I actually left. It's just, it's not really my, it's no longer my thing. I don't imagine doing a whole lot of them in the future. I'm more interested in, in, in really using it as a daily practice of engagement. And how do I show up my, you know, 30 minutes is what I, what I do um, a day, either split up in one session in the morning or in one um, you know, 15, 20 minutes in the morning and another 10 or 15 in the afternoon, but just make it a part of my life. Um, and showing up again, diligently, patiently, persistently and, uh, going from there. Yeah. I like that too. I don't think that we need retreats in order to implement, you know, things in our lives. We still have to come back to our life as it is right now with all the complexities and all the challenges. That's where we still need to kind of shoehorn in a practice. It's got to start there. So it's great to be able to retreat literally to these places and Mm -hmm. have that space. Um, you know, for me going on retreats is just a wonderful 
way to do a mm-hmm. deep, deep dive and get a, a really yeah. uh, amazing experience. But I also expect that when I'm done, it's all that, that, you know, that kind of shine is only going to last for a little while. And then I'm, I'm okay. It's back to the territory. It's back to real life, real challenges. No one gives a shit that I was in a retreat, you know, <laughs> what I saw or what I experienced while I was there. So, um, I like that. Okay. It's really about making it work day to day. Well, that's, that's a, that's a really good point too, that, that a lot of people meditate for the experience they have during meditation. Mm-hmm. And these great teachers say it has nothing to do with the experience you have during the meditation. It has to do with who you are, you know, 23 and a half hours, whatever it is for the rest of the day. And we want to kind of let go of it's a brushing your teeth thing. Like, it's not like, Oh my God, I had the most amazing experience brushing my teeth last night. You know, it's, and again, some people, it's more important to them to have those state experiences in their meditation. But ultimately the real measure of a great meditation practice is not what you feel during that time. It's who you are every other minute of the day. And it's, it's kind of an obvious thing, but um, I found myself the same thing you were saying of, uh, you know, my mind didn't stop and all these, you know, bright lights and all these wonderful sensations aren't showing up. Great. How are you doing during the rest of your day? So really focusing on that, um, I think is, is another key as well. I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, you know, that, that is one of those, one of those sticking points for people when they start, it's like, well, I didn't levitate and I didn't see the face of God and I didn't, you know, <laughs> like whatever there's this, whatever these little expectations are that, that get in there, like it's supposed to be different. Well, it's not supposed to be anything. It's simply bear witness to what is happening. And that may be freaking really boring and really you know, just as it is. And that's what a lot of us are trying to avoid. We don't want to yep. actually see things for how they are. We want to be entertained by what's next on Facebook or iPhone or TV or whatever. Can we just simply come to back to what is? And that said, what I've noticed is that when guys will start a, you know, coaching clients or whatever, I'll get them starting a meditation practice. And it's like, well, the, that, that 15, 20 minutes, five minutes, whatever they're doing during the day is what it is. But then life in other air, you know, other areas of their life starts start to show up a little differently. They're, they're starting to act a mm-hmm. little differently, and they can't directly tie it to the meditation. But that's the only variable that's really shifted is that now they're training themselves to be more present and more grounded, and and mm-hmm. thus that's going to start to show up in lots of different areas in their life. Um, I, I'm so glad we we got the hit on that because it's a big one. Right on. Okay, and so let's talk about it. Brass tacks, a guy that wants to start meditating right now he can make it really complex i did i think i read about meditation for like a year and a half or two years before i actually tried it how sad is that <laughs> so and then he's like really it's that simple so let's 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 kind of walk through it like what, what if he wants to start meditating today what give him the instructions yeah well, i'd start with why i would start with why do you want to meditate and get really really clear on why? I mean, everything starts with why, right? What's who, what are the reasons motivating you to make whatever commitment you're going to make? What's this in and, service of, right? What's this in service of? Yeah. I mean, for me, I want to show up and be a great husband and a great, um, soon to be father and a great, you know, leader for our business and creator and hopefully share my gifts with the world. These are important things for me. And with those whys in place, I can, I can look at the things I do in my life, including meditation from that perspective. So I think starting with why is important and it doesn't need to be complex, but just check in on that and 
reaffirm your commitment to optimizing your life and seeing it as a key component to that. And then with that commitment and that purpose and that, that why, then I would strongly encourage you to, or one, to um, set a minimum number of minutes you're going to meditate. Research tells us 12 to 15 minutes. It's not that much time, but we do need that much time. And if you do it that much day in and day out, again, research says over as short as eight weeks, you can change the expression of hundreds of your genes. So I would set that as a standard, 12 to 15 minutes a day. And it's not... I find it, and, the re- and both the research and the um, great teachers over the last X thousands of years have said, make it every day. Ideally, choose the same time, and again, these teachers would say, early in the morning is going to tend to be best, um, and make a 100% commitment to it. And you go in, you're going to get up, and again, in your ideal world, and this doesn't happen for me, I'm far from this. I, it's funny, my AM meditation especially over the last several weeks, has recurred humorously at 2 p.m. Like, really? It's a great AM meditation. <laughs> but it gets it done. Is, right? you know, life happens, and, you know? But we show up. So it's kind of that ideal of, okay, I'd love to maybe get up 10 minutes earlier and meditate for 12 to 15 minutes before life begins, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to go for it. And on the days when it slips, and if it's, if it's 1140 and you haven't meditated, meditate, get your 12 to 15 minutes in at a principle and out of commitment to yourself and see how many of those days you can stream together. And again, make it fun, make it a game. Um, and that, that, those are some, some general things that I would consider from a very high level. Okay. And then, and then the actual practice, you know, what I recommend is just sitting down, all distractions gone. You don't have to, I don't want you to worry about, well, have I sat enough or whatever? Set an alarm. I use the phone. It's fine. Just set a yep. little alarm. Okay. I'm doing it for 15 minutes. And then that commitment, like I'm not getting up unless the fire trucks show up, right? There's just no talking ourselves out of it that I'm just going to sit here. And then it really is what I like to recommend is just pay attention to your breath more likely the, the sensations of what it feels like to breathe. And that becomes your anchor. Like what Brian said, that when your brain gets hijacked and it will, it'll get hijacked very quickly. Those thoughts will come in. Your fantasies will come in thinking about the past, thinking about the future. Am I doing it right? Whatever. Oh, shit. Back to the breath. And that's the practice. You just come back over and over. You fall off, you get back on. You fall off, you get back on. But you know what to come back to. That's the commitment. Uh, Where's my breath? What's the sensation of my breath, either in my chest, my belly, or in my nose? Um, I'll throw it to you. What would you add to that? Yeah, that's great. So then take your anchor. And I I like my breath as well. You can also, if you want a mantra, you can do that. If you um, have a certain prayer that motivates you, do that prayer again and again and again. And see how many times you can do that. Um, and ha- pick your anchor. You've got your anchor, and you're getting out of your normal thoughts. And then the uh, the Harvard guy, he has three things. He says, one, you need to break the attention or the pattern, rather, of your everyday thoughts through focusing on your breath or your mantra, your prayer, or whatever, your anchor. And then two, he says, you need to accept your mind wandering, just like you were going off on so beautifully before. You've got to accept it. And he says, that's the most commonly asked question. My mind keeps on going. What do I do? And he says, accept it. And he says, say, oh, well, oh, well, have a passive accepting attitude to it. And then bring your mind back to your anchor again and again and again. Um, And then the third thing he has, and he only has three things, breaking the pattern of everyday thoughts of the anchor Two, accept your mind watering, oh, mind wandering, oh, well, passive attitude. And then three, sufficient time, 12 to 15 minutes. 
that's it. I mean, it's, you don't need an outfit. You don't need to you know, <laughs> put your robes on, like, throw your hair out. You know, you don't, no no patchouli head. oils, no incense, no, no ringing bells. <laughs> Just bare bones, <laughs> sitting on your ass and doing the work. So, <laughs> yeah. When I when I first did it, I literally could not sit on my ass. I I was at a, a Zen place in Santa Monica, and I think I used every cushion in the place. I was in grass <laughs> a lot of the time, and I literally could not. I, I mean, it was pretty funny, and uh, that's actually been fun for me as well. Is is over that period of time, I can now sit so easily, and I could not do that years ago. And it's a t- tiny thing, but it's fun to see that progression. Um, another thought on posture, John Kabat-Zinn has a great phrase or a great word. He says, how do I sit? Well, think of one word, dignity. Sit with dignity. Huh. And that elicits, for me, it elicits an amazing energy. You yeah. kind of, you become, you become noble and you're not stiff. You're confident and you're, you're, you're present and you're upright and there's a dignity to your presence. So as you sit, hold that as a state in which you're coming from. And that actually aligns everything. I have goosebumps right now. That aligns your consciousness. It aligns your mind um, and your body, of course, in a really, really powerful way. I like that. I like that. And, and, it, and it's easy to have the, the sitting itself or the posture become another distraction from the practice. I think that I use that. Uh, well, am I sitting right or shouldn't I be doing this? How do you sit? And blah, blah, blah. And it's just, you know, <laughs> Watch out. I, I, I was the guy that was going to make it more complex than it needed to be. It just couldn't be that simple mm-hmm. for me. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just sit. I like to, I just tell guys, you know, make sure your, your back is straight. Otherwise, you're slouching or whatever. You're going to be more likely to, to kind of zone out and, and uh, check out. So but I love that dignity thing. That's that's pretty that's good stuff. Yeah. And then just quickly on that, because I imagine some people are probably wondering, I'd love to hear how you do sit. And I'll share how I do. I sit now. I sit with one cushion. Um, I, I sit basically so that my, you know, knees hit the ground first and then I sit on my feet, right? And then I slide a cushion in between my feet and my butt. And I used to have to slide a bunch of stuff in there. It was almost like I was kind of propped up and kind of, you know, sitting straight up. And now I can sit on my feet if I wanted to, but for a longer meditation, I, I would need the cushion. So I just always use that. That's how I sit. I think it's called the hero's posture. It it allows for a really straight spine and that kind of dignified feeling we're talking about. I'm curious how you sit. Yeah. You know, for me, I've got a, I've got a cushion and and I sit on the floor. Um, I basically sit kind of Indian style. I don't use like the Lotus thing. My, My feet aren't up on my legs or anything like that. And depending on, you know, I may sit that way. If I'm on a longer retreat, I may go between two sitting styles where I'm on my knees and, but most of my weight is propped up on the cushion. Uh, I like that one because I feel like everything's aligned that one hip isn't higher than the other. But basically, I feel best when my hips are higher than my knees. Uh, it doesn't have to be a lot, but as I've as I've done it over the years, it's it's become a lot easier for me. But before, I think I needed like all these cushions to be up much higher. You know, my hips were higher and it's just relaxed yep. over the years. Um, and then one thing that was really helpful for me was really getting this image of having my um, my backbones, my vertebrae all stacking up on top of one another. And so I would do this thing where I lean over and then just kind of roll up backwards. And then I just imagine my, my head and everything just like balancing all on one thing. So I wasn't efforting. I don't effort when I sit there of like trying to hold it all together and hold myself straight up. And it took a while to, to build that. But once it kind of happened, it was like, oh, that's how you sit. There was no efforting to, to maintain that posture. 
but it was just everything kind of stacked up on, on one another there. So right on. And then I should say when I first started sitting the way I do, it felt like my kneecaps going to pop after probably like two minutes. So with everything, you know, I mean, I think all of us are tight in different ways. So as with everything, give it time, you'll be blown away by how quickly you can develop, you know, the ability to hold your back the way you just described um, to sit in these different things and move. I mean, you don't want to sit through and try to sweat through an uncomfortable physical body. If you need to move, move. But over time, you'll get to a place where you can more consistently hold that. The important thing, again, is brush your teeth. doesn't matter how you did it. Brush your teeth. Just do it. But, uh, yeah, let the timer uh, go all the way through. Uh, And day in and day out, drop by drop, over the days and weeks and months, great things will happen. Okay. Got it. You know, when I started, I just leaned up against the wall. I had a cushion, but I would lean up against the wall and let that support me. I didn't didn't like being distracted by... It, was my back okay or what's going on? I was yeah. just like, oh gosh. Yeah. So, all right, great. So right let's talk about blicitations. Let's talk about Daily Mojo. I use Daily Mojo, um, the binaural beats thing, which is very, very good. And then I've created with you the new man blicitation. I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but you encouraged me yep. to do a guided meditation. Um, and so I, I was like, well, okay, if I'm going to do a guided meditation, what, what's this for, right? If it's not, yeah. it's not necessarily what we've been talking about this other kind of meditating, but for many guys out there, they're just feeling scattered. There's a lack of direction. They're feeling chaotic. When I talk to a client, sometimes he'll call me and he'll just be like all over the place. And this is the, what I would lead him through. And it's nothing mm-hmm. earth shattering new, but you know, so many of us are just distracted all the times, all the time we're being pulled in a thousand different directions, whether it's work, phones, computers, TV, people, the world, whatever. Um, and we don't simply know how to just kind of boom, connect and come back into ourselves. And mm-hmm. so what's the risk of that? If you can't connect with yourself, then you're not able to connect with what lights you up because you're getting signals all the time of, do I enjoy this? Is this more me? Is this less me? Is this, you know, my bullshit myself or is this more true to me? If you're not paying attention to that stuff, if you don't see that gauge on the dashboard, then you're missing it. So I created this, uh, this guided meditation was to help you kind of train, get back to you, get more grounded, get more centered and get in your body and get present. And then from that place within this same meditation, I start to ask some questions, some really deep questions of like, all right, what really matters to you? What's, what do you really want to align this day around? What's instead of like chasing and putting out fires, what comes first for you? And so once you have this home base, then you can go out in the world and create from this place. Then you can go and interact with your wife, your girlfriend, your friends from this place of feeling solid and refreshed. So that was the basis of, um, of the new man, uh, blicitation. I, and I think it's a great addition to doing something like daily, (laughs) daily mojo. And you've got some other blicitations, uh, that your guys are offering. What are those? Well, I want to talk about yours because this is the first one we did. It's, 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 you know, I'm so proud of it. And I think it's just awesome. And, you know, you're such a humble guy and, and uh, you just described it beautifully, but it's a great meditation. And it's, it's uh, something that I've enjoyed meditating to. And it's just great. I mean, it, it's all about everything you just described to bringing ourselves out of that noise and in a, in a really cool, approachable way. It isn't kind of woo-woo and, and kind of the weird, um, slowing you down. And from a high level, we've talked a lot about solo practice, but the reality is it's really, really helpful 
to have someone guide you through a meditation. And it's as impactful in the, in the relaxation response side of things. It's, it's going to elicit the exact same response. It will change your genetic expression in the exact same way. And it will also help you strengthen your focus by, by paying attention to the meditation rather than wandering. It won't be quite as um, strength training. It's kind of like doing pull-ups with um, a bit of an assistance. You're still doing the pull-ups and you're working, but you're not going to get quite the strength training of your mind, if you will, of the pure anchor work, but you're still going to get some of that and you get everything else. And with yours, you're also going to get insight into your life from that deep meditative state, which is the only place really from which we can tap into true inspiration. And we're so busy, we're in fight or flight, it's really hard to step out of that, and then to go, what am I here to do in the world? Well, good luck. You, you can't answer that question from a place on the other side of stress. You've got to go deeper into relaxation, and your meditation is awesome for that, and um, I just love it. And just to talk a little more about what it is, you both, you created uh, the meditation, which we set to some cool music and the binaural beats, so to help people get into a really deep relaxating, relaxation um, kind of response to listening state. And then you also created a set of affirmations. Um, I forget exactly how long your meditation is. What is it, around 20 minutes? Yeah, I think it's actually a little less than 20 minutes, so it's perfect for like what we've been talking about. Yeah, and then your, your affirmations are even briefer. So if you only have a few minutes and you want to just kind of get a quick recharge, we've got a, a track on the album where they can listen to you, same soothing sounds, same binaural beats to help you entrain into a meditative state, and just you in a cool way, hey, think about these things, just kind of soak your mind in some good vibes and good thoughts, and that's awesome. And then we have the third track, which is your guided meditation subliminally underlaid over 30 minutes of just the soothing sounds and the binaural beats, which is pretty awesome. So you just want to go, you don't want to do the guide. You just want to kind of relax and, and use that. You can do that as well. Um, and then you also have, you know, you take some time to talk about some of your best practices and stuff like that. So I'm really proud of it. And it's something that I think is going to help. I hope it's going to help so many men really both make meditation a part of their lives and also tap into all the best stuff that you know wisdom-wise, on becoming the new man. So, thanks. Again, man. I, I'm thrilled to be partnering with you on this and, and uh, appreciate everything you did for it. Well, I appreciate it because it was edgy for me. You know, God, I'm not used to guided meditations, but when I have participated in them, uh, they, I always felt like I got a much deeper thing because my brain was listening. My brain was tracking what was being said. So, there was this uh, you know, like the, my, my monkey mind, the, the, the guy that wants to think and do all that kind of stuff is it was on the, it was on, on, on track with, uh, you know, the practice yep. as well. So I think it was, I actually had deeper meditations when someone was guiding me, but then I, I just to be honest, like I, I was a little fearful of doing this. Like, it's like, okay, now you're going to do this, you know, meditation kind of like, it was going to like, I'm not, I'm not some guru or anything like that. And, you know, so it was like, all right, what would be just really practical, really useful, no bullshit, no, you know, twinkly, twinkly yep. stuff, crystals and patchouli oils. Like what's really just going to be really helpful no matter what, what would I want to listen to that was going to just kind of give me that kind of chiropractic adjustment and get me straight to go yeah. through the day. And that, that's what this is really about. Yeah. And that was a standard. I mean, I actually, it's an answer I haven't passed through. I haven't done my own because for me, it's the put on the meditation voice. That's a tough thing to do. And, and you did it well. Like I, again, it's, you know, what we wanted to create is something that we'd actually want to meditate to. And, you know, us and, and John and our team, we love it. And that's something that's cool. And I think you pulled that off 
um, really, really well. So cool. High five. All right. Thanks, buddy. It's still edgy for me, man. So, uh, all right. So <laughs> if you want to check it out, here's the URL. It's the new man meditation.com. Really simple. The new man meditation.com. That's going to dump you off there to get the new man blicitation that we just talked about. And then all the other uh, offerings that uh, Brian's talking about with the you know Daily Mojo and all the other um, great blicitations that they're offering there as well. So just check out the new man meditation.com and you can uh, you can try it out there. Here are the big takeaways from this talk about meditation. Number one, what's the purpose of meditation? To collect oils and crystals? To listen to CDs of pots and pans rolling down a hill? Or to be one with the tree outside your window? For some, this may be true, but there are many, many more practical reasons to meditate. If you care about your life, really care about it, and you want to bring the best version of yourself to the day, then meditation is essential. Right up there with regular exercise and eating right, meditation's benefits cannot be dismissed. Studies show that it builds willpower, it helps us relax, it helps us make better choices. Meditation is a no-brainer for the brain. Number two, most of our screw-ups happen when we unconsciously react to a stimulus. Something happens, and then we say something or we do something we don't really mean. We react without thinking, and a mistake is made. Then we get to spend the next few days and who knows how much money cleaning up that mess. Meditation allows us to recognize that split-second gap between the stimulus and our unconscious response. It allows us to slow down and make a conscious choice. This means fewer messes and distractions. This means more time and energy and focus on what matters most to you. Number three, meditation is not about stopping your thoughts. This just isn't going to happen with effort. Think of it this way. Imagine an aquarium that's all murky with silt. You can't even see through the water. Now, using only one hand, how would you get the silt to fall to the bottom? If you're smart, you'd put that hand in your pocket and simply watch the silt fall on its own. Using your hand, in other words, using effort, just simply stirs it up more. It makes more of a mess. So the point here is to simply learn how to watch that waterfall of thoughts that are happening inside your head instead of getting lost in them. The intention here is to just witness, just observe. Over time, this ability to focus and observe will have a tremendous effect. Number four, regardless of what type of anchor you pick, a mantra, the sensations in your body, your breath, counting breaths, whatever, your mind will be hijacked over and over and over again. So plan on it. There's much to be gained by simply recognizing that you've been hijacked. Just say, oh well, and come back to your anchor. Down the road, you'll begin to recognize when you've been checked out in your daily life and you'll be able to pull yourself back in. Like strength training for the mind, meditation strengthens our ability to put our mind where we want, when we want. Number five, let go of any expectations about how meditation should feel or should be. Simply doing it is more important than performance or quality. Some days may be crystal clear and some days are hurricanes. One day you may have a life-changing insight and another may be a train wreck. Oh well, what matters is that you show up diligently and persistently. Remember, meditation isn't about performance. You won't get a black belt for your time on the cushion. So keep it simple. Just do it.
Number six, meditating 12 minutes a day for eight weeks has been shown to literally change the brain. It's called neuroplasticity. Like a sled down a mountain after a fresh snow, you can create desirable grooves or undesirable grooves in your thinking and decision making. Desirable grooves lead to desirable actions. By triggering the relaxation response with meditation, we're operating from a higher level. We can make decisions based on what we really want instead of what we fear. And number seven, you don't need to go on a retreat or wear robes or chin or burn incense or shave your head or anything like that to start meditating. You don't need any special equipment. You just need a private space, a timer, and a comfortable way to sit up straight. There's no need to make it more complicated than it is. That said, I found that by using a good set of headphones and a binaural beat recording like the one in the New Man Meditation, I can meditate in my home with a noisy toddler down the hall or on a plane or wherever I can simply sit and close my eyes. It opens up the possibility to meditate where I normally wouldn't. My man, this was a good one. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed that it's taken us this long to have this conversation with how important this topic is, but I'm so glad that you came today and, and uh, we really dove in deep. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I feel like this is one of the best ones, you know, it's just super fun, super powerful. And I just love the energy you bring to it. Just making it, um, making it fun and making it real. So thanks for the invitation and I look forward to the next chat. There's so much more to The New Man than these interviews. So visit thenewmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.